This is our Pacific Northwest Music. We're going to be talking to local musicians, bands, talking about their passions and why they play such awesome music. Why would I ever want to miss this? Find us on Instagram or Facebook, Our PNW Music, or our website, ourpnwmusic.com. Skagit Valley, you don't want to miss this. So we are here today with Corey Vincent. And I want to tell you, Corey, when I'm out watching you, I don't know how many times I've had, uh, especially women, come and tug on my shirt sleeve <laughs> and say, who is that guy and where did he come from? <laughs> so this is your chance. <laughs> who are you and where did you come from? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, There's some guys. Yeah, there honest. is. But let's it's... be honest. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm Corey Vincent and I come from Skagit Valley. I was uh, born and raised in Cedar Woolley, Washington. And yeah, that's who I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's more to it. I've than been that, here the whole time. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so where have you been then? How? Where, oh, like musically? Yes. Um, so I didn't. I didn't start playing in bands until I turned 21, and um, so that's why a lot of people haven't heard of me. I started out. I played guitar in the Troy Fair band, um, and then. There's the flush. I like it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then through that, met um, lots of musicians, but I met my bass player in Josie Wales, uh, Scott Blair. And then later on, a couple years, I, I started going to Gary B's Church of the Blues at, at Just Moe's in Cedar Woolley and really getting into I'd always been in the blues and that's what I always wanted to do and so I was through that met a bunch of musicians including Terry Sherman who would later become um the drummer for Josie Wales he's a madman yeah he's he's my favorite for sure um and we just developed a, a instant relationship and you know um he's a friend he's also a mentor you know he's my brother so and and same with Scott we we just had a it's a phenomenal band you know not not was it still is we're just a little hiatus you know yeah well you want to explain too that that you guys still play together once in a while but mm-hmm. you but you're not calling it Josie Wales anymore right yeah I mean yes and no I don't okay. <laughs> <laughs> I started out like we we did a little bit of a run where it was it was the Corey Vincent group because I was just trying to get my name out there um, because I was um, as of coming up on two years now this is my full time job so I wanted to make sure that people knew that who I was and um but I really like the name Josie Wales and a lot of people do and we still have merchandise to get rid of so (laughs) don't lose the name yet (laughs) let's let's keep on that subject because uh you know we talked about one of the things on 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 the show that we'd love to do is play music in studio but we also like to uh if we can try to show some music maybe that you've done recorded or whatever um yeah you mentioned there's a song you want to play uh that you recorded with those guys is that correct yeah yeah what song was that and can you talk about it a little uh bit? i'd love to change the world is the the it's a cover tune of an old um 10 years after song and it's a song that i thought everybody knew um because i remember hearing it for the first time my uncle gave it to me on like a mixed cd and i just thought it was the coolest thing it was powerful and it it built through the whole song you know um and so i just figured everybody knew that song and then as i got into the band and started pulling some of these songs out like that one it was 
they're like, wow, you know, nobody does this. Nobody, we haven't heard that song in 20 years, you know? And it's like, so it was really cool to have them excited about it as well. And kind of the backstory of our version of that song is we were getting ready to cut it from the set list because it just was like, I really dug it, but it, it wasn't feeling good really for anybody. It just wasn't vibing like the original was. And we're in the band room one night and uh, my drummer, Terry, goes out, you know, to take a leak because that's what you do because we're probably <laughs> drinking beers. And he comes back in. He's like, I got an idea, which is normally how that works. Those are where the best ideas <laughs> come from. And, and basically we just uh, we kind of, you know, for all the musicians out there that are going to critique this song, we just kind of flip flopped what the original does. Basically, we made a rocked up version of, you know, we tried to capture the same feel that they had, but updated, you know, and not that it's better. It's just I'm trying with any cover song I do. I'm trying to capture what it made me feel, what the original song made me feel at the the time. I think that's the best way to respect that song. Um, So, yeah, that's what we tried to do with that. Freaks and hairies, dykes and fairies, tell me where you're standing. Tax the rich, feed the poor, till they're on a rich no
All right, so we're in studio here at KMRE Radio with Corey Vincent, and we just played a studio version of I'd Love to Change the World. And, uh, yeah, so let's let's kind of go back. I know we kind of started off um, just kind of talking about where, how you got yourself out of Cedar Woolley. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but let's talk about now. Um, let's go back to Cedar Woolley. And mm-hmm. you know, when did you first pick up the guitar? Because, I mean, that's, to me, you the way that you play, um, really sets you out amongst a lot of musicians. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. And I, I definitely consider myself uh, a guitarist first and foremost. Like that's that was my first love. Um, I, I had uncles that played, and I always wanted to. Um, I just thought it was cool. I, I grew up singing all the time, whether it was Elvis, and I was obsessed with Garth Brooks and wanted to be Garth Brooks. And um, but when I was about thirteen. I had been kind of him hawing around about actually playing and trying to teach myself and all this stuff. And then my dad brought home uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan's Texas Flood album. And it was like, it just floored me, the emotion that was coming out of this instrument instead of normally a, a voice, you know. Before that, I was moved by people's voices. And it's like this guy's speaking through his guitar. And it hit me at a really young age. So then it was like, all right, this is that's what I want to do. I want to play the guitar like Stevie Ray Vaughan. And um, so my uncle gave me my first guitar, taught me Horse With No Name by America. And then, and then it was like, all right, I can't, I wasn't good at teaching myself. So I actually took lessons um, for almost three years, maybe off and on. Was that acoustic or electric that you picked up? Because it, it, based on Stevie Ray Vaughan, right, you might think you might pick up the electric. Yeah, it's a, it was actually, it was like a jazz guitar, so it was acoustic and electric. So it was a big mm. hollow body. I still have it. I'm actually trying to rebuild it right now oh, um, cool. because I love it. Uh, but, um, yeah, and, and so then I, I took lessons from Tom Gustafson in Mount Vernon. He was just a fabulous teacher. And um, so then that just, it grew from there, you know, and it's like, starts out with Steve Ray Vaughan and then you I think the best way you should do it is you find out well who influenced that guy and that's how you get back to your BB Kings and your Muddy Waters and then all the way back to Robert Johnson and and um yeah I just and then you know about probably 16 17 I discovered Black Sabbath and it was like whoa okay <laughs> this is cool <laughs> and we've talked about that yeah you yeah, know. You, yeah we were on on a prior episode and, and yeah that was a, that album blew you away yeah totally totally changed Tony Iommi their guitar player totally changed the way I played guitar for sure um, and and that's when I really got into um, actually songwriting that was um more centered on like riffs and the and the instruments but still had good words because i grew up with country music so the songwriting was a story and and i still really liked that and so that's kind of like my goal with songwriting i want to combine a really good story and really good poetry with really good music you know i i like i like blending that yeah, that always surprised me too when when you've said that uh, about going to Black Sabbath because I think you had told me one time that it was just like blues to another level or something. Oh, totally. But yeah. I I've never looked at Black Sabbath like that, so I've been trying to listen more to them. Yeah. In that sense, because blues has always been my favorite too. But yeah. it's just never a connection I made, so that was really interesting. Yeah, I mean, you go back to their first album, and it's like you listen to it compared with like Cream and the stuff that was coming out at the time. It's right. like, oh, this is totally just jamming blues but a little more dark yeah you know and and turned up really loud they were actually a blues band when they started out called earth 
Mm-hmm. And it's it's pretty hilarious. Quick story. They were booked at a club and there was another band called Earth. And this band was like a disco band. Oh. <laughs> and so they showed up and played and were just completely booed off the stage. Yeah. And that's when they're like, well, maybe we should change the name of the band. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> so, so I know you had said in that prior episode that you had gone and gotten this uh, Black Sabbath album from an uh, old used uh, record store yeah. down in Everett. Um, w- did you know Black Sabbath before that or were you just stinking around at the record? record store and thought that looked I, cool and, i mean and I, I had heard you know it's like that that music it's like you always hear of sabbath and zeppelin and all that stuff and especially and, at age 16 yeah totally <laughs> and and, and listen i listen to classic rock radio all the time i still do yeah. and it's like but you only get to hear the hits so you you know at 16 years old i'm like well i don't like them because i don't like this one song right you know and then you really discover it and you're you're starting to become more open to to things um yeah, so I and and the other part of being a guitar player is you get guitar magazines and you're reading mm-hmm. people's opinions on who the best is and sooner or later when you keep hearing Tony Iommi's name you're mm-hmm. like all right I got to I got to figure this out, out, you yeah. know. Yeah. yeah, especially coming from from a guitarist. Yeah. Well, uh, well, let's jump back again and mm-hmm. um let's talk about your voice because um <laughs> I mean, it's like you know, we talked about the guitar and it's like, you know, one of the best around and obviously with the voice as well. And so I can't imagine that you just started singing one day um, and that's where you're at today. So <laughs> what was kind of your progression with that? Um, I remember doing like concerts for the family at a very young age and and dressing up like Garth Brooks and singing Garth Brooks songs. And I think um, and Elvis was the first like so many other people, you know, um, but I th- I think um I learned so much at a very young age and didn't and didn't realize it at the time how much I was learning from Garth Brooks because I, I listen to myself sometimes now and it's like I'm just straight up ripping him off you know and it's, <laughs> and it's and what it comes down to is just his passion and energy that he puts into it and I don't I don't know how to sing any other way I've never had voice lessons I, I just if I can't feel it then I'm probably not gonna sing it and it's so that that really influenced the singers that I like. And I, I was heavily influenced by the temptations vocally. Um, and a lot of those early like sixties R and B artists, mm-hmm. Sam cook and, and, and all those. Um, and, and then, yeah, the, the countryside of it too, you know, there's some, like I listened to a ton of Conway Twitty. <laughs> it's like, it's, uh, yeah, there, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of influences. I would say that, um, over the the past two years since I this is now my job and that included doing this acoustic thing and and where it's just me and a guitar and I didn't want to I didn't want to use a looper I just when I thought about a guy and a guitar I thought about like the Neil Young's and the James Taylor's so I really had to work on my voice and it's been incredible I mean um grew in leaps and bounds just in a short amount of time because I was doing before with a band you're doing a three-hour show and you know a lot almost half of that is me playing the guitar because I like to play and it's blues and then now I'm doing two sometimes three-hour shows and it's just my voice the whole time so Corey yeah speaking of uh just you and your voice and your guitar yeah, um, you you had a, a a song, a shindig song that you did play with a band, but mm-hmm. then you kind of modified it uh, to be able to play it acoustically. Can you talk about that? Yeah, so that song um, I wrote. That was probably one of the 
first song there was like a batch of songs that came out when terry and i first got together and this was before scott was in the picture we uh were just doing like a two-man thing mainly just re- writing and recording songs and um that was pr- i want to say maybe like 2012 or something somewhere in there and uh it was a very creative time mainly because we were both out of work and <laughs> 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 and uh yeah i was just being i had all these riffs in my head and then that was like the first instance of where i got to start putting words to songs Mm. and shindig was like kind of my kind of my protest song i mean at the end of the day i start to realize every single one of my songs is a protest song so um but i especially with what's going on right now I, i was like man you know there's a lot of people that have heard me that have never heard this song before and so I was like, well, I'll change it a little bit and just try and strip it down and do that singer-songwriter thing. Look out your window and watch your world pass by.
colors turned to folded and flags They blame it on the cost of being free But one thousand souls dying for one lost cause Sounds more like murder in the first degree See the nightfall, watch the sunrise Feel the rain down on you well, Take a hard look at where you're standing Might change your point of here with Corey Vincent and I want to go back to when you said that a lot of people had never heard the I'd, I'd love to change the world song that surprises mm -hmm. me because I remember that song from back when yeah and um, how you were talking about how you you can only sing with passion that's the only way you can do it mm -hmm. and I just wanted to comment about uh, watching you play that song at, you know out in the bars and place which which I'm at and everyone just going crazy over yeah. it so uh, so as a fan, I just want to say that's I really appreciate you bringing songs like that and, and really singing them with passion and, and kind of stoking up yeah. uh, that passion in everybody else yeah. in there because that's it's just a really great thing. Thank I love you. That. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, those are that those are the compliments that I want to hear. Like, yeah. that's the stuff that makes me teary eyed because this yeah. is this is what I'm trying to do. Um, my my goals are bigger than music you know i yeah. want people to be happy and i want everybody to love each other and that's just the way it should I, be and so a lot of those times like there's been times i've sung that song and it gets down to that last line of just stop the war and it's like right. i gotta stop afterwards a little bit because i get choked up right you know well and I, I can say uh you know for a fact not just me but even for rudy but when we go watch you uh play i'm telling you at the end of the of a show everybody is loving each other i mean it's like the greatest feeling and and that's kind of why rudy and i do this um a lot these podcasts and whatnot is just trying to bring music to people i just think if if we could get that out more i think our world would be a much better place i 100 percent yeah. agree <laughs> yeah and uh you know let's let's talk about lyrics and um mm -hmm. Uh, you know, how are you writing these tunes? I mean, uh, maybe different from the band uh, because yeah. you've been writing some things lately on yeah. your own. Mm -hmm. um, is this something that you just sit down and, and figure out? Well, you know, yeah, I don't want to pick a song out because we're probably going to play it later. But, <laughs> um, you know, talk about talk about how you, you find a song. Um, I, I'm pretty lazy when it comes to, like, I don't very often sit down and start writing. Um, I feel like I want things to come to me. Um, but now that I do it more, it's like, well, you can't just do that. You got to work at it a little bit. But a lot of the songs I write, you know, it'll it'll start with a phrase or um, sometimes there'll be a melody in my head and and it's it's more guitar based and then I write words to it. But 
I try like I work really hard at writing lyrics that aren't straightforward that maybe can be interpreted different to different people but the overall message is you know pretty much always just love but um I re- I got really influenced um in my teenage years by John Lennon and and the songs that he would write with the Beatles I like I love phrases like yellow matter custard and it's like, what is that? Or, you know, I am the walrus, you know, I, I like stuff like that. I like play, play on words like that. Um, but then, you know, growing up with country, it's like, you got to tell a story. And, and so I, I try to keep that in mind too, but I, as far as where they come from, I have no idea. There's some that are still, I still write on a song that I've already recorded, I'll come up with a verse for it, you know, months later. Isn't that what you said about Shindig a little bit? Yeah. I, in that song, there's actually another verse to that song that it started with. And I, I, I should have said that at the beginning. I, I wrote that song because of John Lennon. I had just watched, uh, thank you for reminding me. I had just yes. watched a documentary, you know, about his life. And I, it was just, I was really stirred up at the fact just like so many other people that you get these people that are just trying to spread peace and love and they're, you know, in the end killed for it. And so I wrote a verse about him and it, for some reason I haven't put it in the song. I don't know. Maybe I can play it later, but, uh, and then that just kind of took off from there, but yeah, I don't know where they come from. (laughs) What about songs like, uh, you know, we kind of joke amongst each other, um, you have the Lord of the Rings song. Yeah. Um, and, and, <laughs> yeah. I, and I don't even know if that's an official name or whatever. Maybe it is by now. Uh, copyright, whatever. Right. Um, but, uh, wow, I didn't know somebody would make a song about that. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, as far as I know, you don't have any lyrics to that song. And I think it was Sway Wild. I don't know if you're familiar with them. I interviewed them. And when I before I interviewed them, because I'd never heard of them, I went through all their stuff and listened to them. And I was really surprised to see a track on, on their, um, you know, Spotify account that had um, – it was all acoustic, you know, it was just, uh, you know, no words. Yeah. And I was just like, wow, how, how cool to do that. And um, is that something, when you build a song like that, that's fun to play, I, I would assume it's fun to play. Yeah. And it has a lot of meaning uh, like that. Is that something you want to build uh, lyrics to? Or? You know, I so I have one verse to that song. Um, and it it's basically I was trying to write a song, uh, you know, kind of more based in the Hobbit book where it's like, there's the town and now the dragon has come and it's like and so I was like okay well there's a good start and then you know the Lord of the Rings is one of the greatest stories because it's just good versus evil you know it's the greatest story ever told and and so I had this one verse and I really dug it I'm like that's good and then I try to add to it and it's like that's not good (laughs) so I was just like well you know there's some there's some good songs that only have one verse you know and and I was always into uh like Zeppelin's more acoustic stuff and a lot of that is maybe a couple verses and then just really cool instrumental breaks with mandolins and all that. So it's like when I play that, there's a lot going on in my head that maybe someday it'll get built on it. I don't know. I think, um, you know, my... my I didn't mean to pick that song out specifically. I was just using it as an example, though. Yeah. So no, no, no pressure. No, <laughs> totally. Uh, they're all like, uh, you know, my drummer and mentor terry says it best it's like they're your kids these songs are your kids and they're always growing and it's like you're not doing them any justice if you write something that you think is okay and that'll get by in my opinion i think if you can go back and change that that's your kid change it 
Yeah. Like make it better. Awesome. And it might not be better. <laughs> you know, and I don't know if you're a Bob Dylan fan, but um, you know, something that just kind of came to mind that's really interesting when you said that is that uh, I don't know that he changed a lot of his lyrics, but man, he sure changed his, his uh tempo and his uh oh, totally. the way he played the guitar in each song and just yeah, it's yeah. really random. But uh but it's exactly what you're saying. Yeah, I mean and sometimes you just get well like like with Shindig, right? It's like that that song has taken on a, a kind of a new feeling with with the emotions that are being stirred up right now with what's going on and so i decided to play it a little more laid back and a little more slow so that it it is more about the message instead of a guitar riff you know so it's they're constantly changing yeah i i never wanted to be in a band that played the same song the same way every single night i don't i don't want to pay to go see bands that do that i just it just more respect to him. The world needs mm-hmm. that, but right. that's not my thing. Right. All right. Well, let's play another tune. Uh, throw me a line. What do you got? What do you got to say about oh, that yeah. song? So that song is um, that song straight up biblical. <laughs> like that's uh, <laughs> that's taken from one of Jesus's parables, and uh, I can't. Rem- I was. Uh, it's definitely heavily heavily influenced by Lucas Nelson, who's one of my favorite. I was listening to a lot of them at the time, and I kind of. I had an idea for the feel of the song that I wanted. And I I just, I had the words and I'm like, well, I'll make the music fit to this. And I think the only thing I had was throw me a line, I want to climb to heaven. And it's just because that just is, I feel that all the time. And then this, the other side of that is, well, that's a lie because I can't see a damn thing through anyway. I'm just lazy, you know, and so it's kind of this whole contradiction throughout the song. But yeah.
We're here with Corey Vincent, and that was his song, Throw Me a Line. He played it right here in the studio. And I, I just want to say something real quick. It's kind of mm -hmm. funny. And I appreciate you telling us what that song means because, uh, you know, uh, my my family, you know, we, we're, we go to church and yeah. we love God. And uh, it's funny when uh, my daughter will be listening to music uh, on my playlist. And like, uh, like, well, for instance, last week we had Jack Madeline here. Every once in a while he'll say God or Jesus or something. Yeah. And uh, she's like, oh, does that mean that he, you know, whatever. I'm like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you know, let's let's find out what the song means first. But now I can tell her that Throw yeah. Me a Line is definitely oh, biblical. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. <laughs> That's good. So let's, um, let's go a little bit further then. Mm -hmm. You talked about how you were in the Troy fair band mm -hmm. um and then you went into josie wales mm -hmm. so let's talk about that time period when you decided to go out on your own yeah i um i kind of like i was saying earlier it's like this, there's certain things i want to do and i don't i don't want to come off as like arrogant and saying this is the right way but it's the way that i have to do it sure. and i never wanted to be in a cover band you know it was great i was 21 years old and i was playing in front of people it was amazing and i learned yeah. a lot yeah. um but i wanted to do i wanted to do original songs and i also wanted to do cover songs that that weren't what everybody else was playing i don't want to play sweet home alabama for the 150th time right. you know it's a great song i just don't want to play it right and i so i it's surprisingly to me it was hard to find musicians that thought that way in this area and you know terry and i clicked right away and and i knew scott and i f felt the same way he was scott's really into blues and that's how we clicked in the band mm -hmm. immediately and we we there'd be segments of the show where we uh troy would take a break and we'd keep playing and just do blues songs you yeah. know and um uh just totally had a brain fart and lost where I was going <laughs> but basically I wanted to start something that was a three-piece and that was in the vein of like your creams and your ZZ tops where it's just rocking jam blues stuff right. and I mean we practiced and played together and didn't really do any shows we, we were just having so much fun playing together in the practice room and sooner or later like man I think we could take this out somewhere and so we you know had friends bands that would play a show and we'd open up for them on on the same bill uh guys like kevin helgeson I, um the arcade cowboys they're a, a band out of bellingham and um so it, we i can remember having conversations with the guys and saying this is going to be great and even them saying it at some point and me having that feeling too it's like 
yeah, but maybe we need to throw, we got to throw some dance songs in there, right, you know, yeah. and, and you start to have those feelings and I'm like, no, we don't need to. I'm like, just trust me on this mm-hmm. one. Right. We don't have to. If, as long as what we're doing is honest and we're putting as much as we can into it, the crowd's going to feed off that. Sure. You know, and so that's ki- that was kind of like our mission statement is we're not going to be the normal band. Right. So you don't like dancers? I, you know, <laughs> what's, fun- what's funny, what's am- amazing is that <laughs> so like we write songs with a lot of like different time signatures and changes and it's hilarious because people want to dance right <laughs> and so they'll get up and they'll start dancing to a song and it's like terry and i or scott and i will look at each other and we know what's coming and it's gonna <laughs> throw them and so we're like watch this <laughs> to watch people try and dance that is awesome yeah. but they still do and it's amazing i love it That's cute. well i was gonna say that i i always feel like a snob too because i i don't like to go watch just cover bands yeah i i love cover songs but mm-hmm. i like to go watch you know the artists i like to yeah. watch them perform their own music so it mm-hmm. makes me feel like a snob when people say well haven't you ever seen yeah. this band or this yeah. band and it's like do they have any originals right <laughs> but, i mean it, yeah and, it, and everything has its place you know if i'm yeah. at a wedding i want a really good cover band <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. and and what those people do is pretty damn impressive you yeah. know to be able to cover and i will say being in a cover band will especially if you're singing will make you so strong because you have to channel all these different artists you know and and try and make it your own that's why when there is a really good cover band you're like wow that's that's pretty impressive yeah you know? well one thing note for people who who don't know you yet but will know you as soon as we mm-hmm. get start opening back up they're going to come see you yeah. <laughs> is that you uh, the first thing i noticed about you is your cover songs are ones that nobody else does and i've told you that i came yeah. up and told you this is amazing <laughs> but you're doing like uh elvis costello and you do yeah. pink floyd cover songs and um well derek and the dominoes i guess some people do those yeah. but i've never heard bell bottom blues uh, as yeah. a cover song until you did it and i've always really impressed with that yeah. it, i love to i love to hear cover songs that nobody else does Mm -hmm. same yeah and i like playing those songs you know and it's always a gamble like i never know what the reaction is going to be and but uh i i just have always liked those songs yeah let's talk about those live shows a little bit um Mm -hmm. not the lack of them but i want to go back to when when there was a time yeah we all used to (laughs) back in the day (laughs) actually we had and and, you know i brought up earlier uh not meaning to, to throw his name out there a bunch but Jack Madley was in the studio last week, and you guys, we were Christine and I, uh, were at the show. Yeah, you guys played at Pub the show 32. that killed yeah. them all. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was like the last, the last one, right? We um, joke, we joke about how it's like, well, the world couldn't take us. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was like March sixteenth or fifteenth, yeah. something yeah, like that. Something and like um, yeah. well, uh, we were getting ready to go on a tour. Like we were doing a long weekend tour, oh, and that right. that was the first show of the tour. Actually, I take that back. That wasn't scheduled as the first show. All our stuff on the east side got canceled, and I called Pub 82 and was like, hey, man, can we play? And and we ended up getting a gig, and it was – so thank you. Shout out to Pub 282. I'll be back there soon. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, the, the funny thing is, like, I know um, Christine was just kind of touching on a little bit, but um, one thing that's really neat here in the studio is we get this uh, – this little kind of fanboy kind of uh, s- solo show. You know, yeah. you played a few songs for us. Uh, well, I guess we ha- they haven't played yet. But, <laughs> uh, but either way, you know, um, we, we get we get to do that. And, and the one thing that doesn't go without uh, for us is that there's nobody yelling. There's nobody. There's no mm-hmm. glasses mm-hmm. clinking. Uh, and that's a cool atmosphere. I don't want to put it down by any right. means. But uh, 
Um, that's kind of how your Facebook Live is. And I know that you've been on the show talking about that before. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just it's really neat to be able to hear your music, not from a studio version. Yeah. Uh, just kind of you. Yeah. Um, how are you liking that? I, um, you know, Stacy, my fiance, and I joke about it. It's like I was kind of made for this time. <laughs> like as yeah. as weird as it is, I like I'm perfectly comfortable sitting in my living room playing to just me, you know, or her watching me, you know, and, um, I, I kind of go in my own little world when I'm on stage anyways. So not playing in front of a crowd doesn't bother me. I don't want to say I don't want a crowd because I really want a crowd (laughs) and I love the energy that you get off of that. But, um, I, I don't mind it, but I will say, you know, after doing, I don't know, I've done five or six of them now. And uh, I'm I'm ready to be to be in front of people, yeah. um, but it's also been really cool because it's like, man, what a, what an awesome age we live in where people in Norway can listen to me yes. live, you know, yes. well time difference, but um, that that's been pretty amazing. I th- like like that first live stream, it w- the numbers were just insane. I was yeah. like, this mm. can't be real. Yeah, and then it just kept getting shared, and and you know, I had people all over the United States. And like I said, I had some friends in Norway that were watching and it was just incredible. Well, we talked about it on that episode before, but uh, one thing that really impressed me was the fact that I was able to pull those songs off of there, mm-hmm. put them on my computer and play them on the radio. Nice. The, it was good enough quality. It wasn't great. You yeah, know, it was over yeah. Facebook and it was ever, but man, like the quality was, was there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, t- technology's insane man and that's like that that was a recording done on my phone like that's <laughs> all it was i just like and it's got a decent you know microphone it, but it that's just a phone Crazy. recording but, that's insane but yeah. it wasn't just a phone though you had it set up I mean, yeah i, I mean and i had technical terms but yeah i had a microphone set up and yeah. like i had my pa set up on a, just a very low volume which is what i would do if i was practicing anyways because there is and like any singer will tell you that there's a difference between singing with a microphone and not like there's there's it's it's an instrument as well it's a tool and and you get really comfortable with it so when it's not there it's like okay this is weird so i I had to have something well okay so so one of the things uh right before the shutdown we had had you scheduled to come on here and Mm -hmm. you actually had two songs that you were going to um uh debut i guess that's right and um one of them i think is the one that had no words to it I didn't have a title. Didn't have yeah. a title, and yeah. then Rudy's daughter ended up <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> making that the was title perfect. for it. Yeah. No. So can we talk about that song? Yeah. Uh, so that song originally I, I had called it uh, "Rolling Your Way" just because that was a line in in the song, mm. and then we played that last show, and that was kind of the first time I had played. That was the first time I had played it for a crowd, I think. And uh, and yeah, your daughter said you should call that "Words They Say," and that's one of those like. John Lennon phrases like I was talking about that I love I was like oh that's brilliant (laughs) so (laughs) yes next time I see her I'm gonna give her a huge hug because that's (laughs) awesome Um, but that song uh, that was one of the ones I wrote that came really quickly Um, I've got maybe two or three that were just there all of a sudden and it's like you're scrambling for a piece of paper because you've got it and I was listening to uh I was listening to Gary Clark Jr. on the Joe Rogan podcast and he was he was playing some songs and I was kind of like really I was like I want to write a song that's kind of in the vein of that and then I had been wanting to write a song that 
had an actual course that was repeated because I don't do that a lot. Mm -hmm. I just, you know, and and then, I mean, in all honesty, then this isn't like a political stance or anything, but I was really um, into uh, Tulsi Gabbard at the time, who, mm -hmm. who was the Democratic nominee. And it's like, I really liked her passion and like her fire. And so I kind of had her in mind with that. And then Gary Clark singing it and then kind of making like an anthem, you know. And so that's like my attempt at an at a anthem, I guess.
mistake just from the words that I say. And you're standing so pray on the top of lives that you take. I'm rolling your way, you're running from mine. I'm here for your fear, bringing sight to their mind. Tremble and shake just from All right, we're in here in the studio here with Corey Vincent, and that was a song "Words They Say." Um, I I want to talk about the song more. Okay, that song. It's funny because my my daughter has this ambition. She wants to do this uh, this YouTube channel, as most kids do. Mm-hmm. They all wanted this YouTube channel, and um, she said, "Man, you know, give me, you know, who 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 could do me do a song, you know, for this?" Thing? It's just, she plays arcades is the name of it. Okay. She doesn't even play arcades, but we've got an arcade unit. And she wants to play all these games and record them. <laughs> anyway, point being, she wants this song. I want a song just like your, all your podcasts. You have this song, yeah. And I said, "Well, how about the music to words they say?" Yeah. And uh, she's like, "No, no, I want." And then and I was like, well, "Let's just listen to it." And she's like. Oh, you're so right. <laughs> that when you listen to your guitar in that song mm-hmm. separately from the words, mm-hmm. wow. I mean, so when you before we played words, they say you were talking about kind of I think the lyrics. Yeah. But Gary Clark Jr. probably his style, right? Yeah. Talk about how you came up with the. the so uh, and and that one actually, I, I got to give credit to uh, my good buddy Charlie Kringle. Um, mm-hmm. I had like the the main riff. Um, like that, that is the intro to the song. I had that and I kind of had, uh, I, and I wanted, you know, not to get too technical, but I, my thumbs plucking the bass note the whole time. I wanted that driving force throughout the song. And then I had like kind of the chords I wanted for the rest of it. And I told my buddy Charlie, I was like, man, I think I got something, you know, heavy here. And, uh, but I, I want. I want something different. And Charlie's a guitar wizard. And I knew that, he, and he, within 10 minutes of being over at his house, we had the song done. And it was just a matter of me going back home and finishing up a last verse or something. And it's just, I mean, literally two chord changes that he was like, hey, how about this? And it was, it made the whole song come alive. Um, and it, it made it made it more of an anthem. So that I mean, anytime anybody talks about that song, they got to think about Charlie Kringle. He's a big, big part of that. Hmm. Well, you mentioned earlier that you're just fine sitting at home, uh, you know, yeah. not talking to anybody. But Char- Charlie's <laughs> the same way. How do you guys even talk? Yeah, really. <laughs> just start, talk about music. That's the thing about Charlie and I. It's like we don't like to talk, but if you bring up music, we'll just yak your ear off. So yeah, um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. If anybody's interested too, you you do or were doing you had your own podcast called Words and Music, yeah. right? Yeah. For a while. I've had people bug really me to get to get back to it that. It was fun. I, I like to listen to yeah. it. But there's an episode with Charlie, so that's Yeah. 
It uh, it was fun. It got out of hand pretty quickly. But <laughs> <laughs> and that was my fault. But uh, yeah, it's just a matter of you're sitting at home in the middle of the woods and you get bored. So yeah, I was so like, well, I'm talking to myself out. anyway, so I might as well <laughs> just put a microphone in front of it. Well, what I really liked, I really love the episode where you did like the top 20 songs, I think it was. Yeah. It, and then you went through and you did your own opinion on yeah. whether you thought that should be in there right. or not or what you thought. And I thought that was really interesting being yeah. that I love music. I like to hear musicians right. talk about music and, and mm-hmm. what their opinions are of, of stuff. So I thought, yeah. that was, so anyway, check it out if anybody wants to. It's called <laughs> Words of Music, right? <laughs> and I'm really excited too. I don't know if this is kind of out of order, but um, I'm really excited for when things do open up because I think through all this live streaming that you've actually gained fans that never would have known right. who you were or totally. never would have come out to see you yeah. and I am really excited after we start getting opening up and moving I'm, I'm really excited to see yeah. your audience grow I mean it was growing you were on the rise before mm. we had the shutdown yeah um, every time I would go see you there would be more and more and more people and yeah. now I just I think you're just ready to bust through the roof as soon as yeah. we can get you out there. And that's been the kind of the goal throughout this whole situation is to keep the momentum going. Mm-hmm. And it's actually given me time to, you know, I've 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 had songs kind of like in the can as they say and I've been able to uh get back to those to the point where I'm actually working on releasing my first album. Um, and so that's been really cool and, and it's a awesome learning process because I'm working with musicians in different parts of the country or yeah, in the country remotely and, and my producer as well. And so it's like, I'm learning all kinds of stuff about that. So it's really cool. So tell us too, when I I know that you talk about sometimes hopefully an album or Mm -hmm. LP or whatever coming out soon. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So I, I'm, uh, I went back in the studio last September, I believe, and I I did uh I think four or five songs with just me and um my good buddy Dan Eddy on drums. We didn't have a bass player. We were just going to go in and get drum tracks and and hopefully some guitar stuff and and go from there. And then I'm working with a friend of mine out of Chicago who I'm not going to say his name yet because we'll see what we'll s- <laughs> it's we got to hold surprises um but so he's been working on some bass tracks for me and he's you know very very well respected in the music industry and been with worldwide touring bands for wow. the last 20 years um and he's just been phenomenal at at helping me and just so supportive and so that's been really cool um so I'm I'm like I said I'm I'm hoping for summer. I really don't have like a, a set deadline, mm-hmm. um, but that's one of the things that with with this pandemic and everybody having to slow down, it's like that's given us the opportunity to do some home recording and mm-hmm. and really focus on stuff. So I'm I'm hoping to have that out um, uh, in the summertime. Excellent. But yeah, look forward to that. Well, let's jump back a little bit to uh, you know uh, when you guys were just talking about uh, uh, when. You know, this you know, people are going to want to come out and see you. Yeah. And I'm kind of curious. Uh, I know we started. Uh, it was kind of funny how Christine started. Uh, you know, talking about your good looks, basically. Um, <laughs> but but I'm kind of wondering, um, like from it's a music. Voice, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm wondering though. It, it, uh, musically, is it? Uh, do you think people? I, I don't know because I'm sure you get a lot of feedback and. Um, 
you mentioned Joe Rogan. He always says, "Don't read your feedback." But right. I would assume most of yours has been pretty good lately. Um, yeah. Do you do you think people are drawn to your voice more or your guitar more? Because you mentioned that you are more of a guitar player. But uh, I th- I think that um, I've gained more fans since I started doing the acoustic thing. And I I'm not I that's that's just because I've been out more. I've been playing more. You know, when I was in Josie Wales, we try and do a gig a month. And whereas, you know, this last year I was trying to do at least a gig every week and sometimes two or three, which is awesome. I'd, I'd rather be playing every single day of the week. Um, so I think people have really uh, been super complimented of my voice, which has given me the confidence in saying like, hey, I actually have a pretty good voice because I, I didn't I always felt that was secondary. And um that when you get that confidence, you know, first of all, you got to be careful not to let it go to your head. But if you have that confidence, it makes you more comfortable to take chances and do things that are, uh, that are just stretching your vocal cords and making you better. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think the feedback that's, that's been awesome has been the voice thing. Cause I was pretty insecure about it. Yeah, I want to put a plug cause, cause back home is one of my, fa- probably my favorite song of yours. Mm-hmm. And I, I I wish we could just do a whole podcast with just your music and not, <laughs> and not even talking any because yeah. you just have such great. So we didn't get to do that one here on this podcast. So everybody go check out YouTube and Corey's channel or Road Rambler's channel mm-hmm. and um, check out the back home. Yeah, for video. sure. Well, you mentioned, uh, you know, also uh, we already talked about Gary Clark, Clark Jr. Mm-hmm. And I think you're talking about the episode with uh, Suzanne Santo yeah. uh, from Honey Honey. Yeah. And, you know, both of those uh, – musicians are somewhat newer mm-hmm. um and i know that I, we can't get off of this podcast without talking about your record collection yeah. and things like that <laughs> but 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 to start out um what what do you listen to that's kind of newer like that um i don't know with your style mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really interested in what you're into yeah i uh lucas nelson out and everybody goes to my shows i knows they're probably sick of hearing that but uh that that's like the first new band I saw in a really long time that it was like, you know, Stacy and I, the first time we saw him, she turned to me, we were at the Oak Harbor music festival and which is a free festival for the labor day weekend, you know, and we were almost not going to see him. And then we're like, man, it's Willie Nelson's kid. We should check him out. And like halfway through the concert, she turned to me and she's just like, this is you. And it's like his style and everything. I was like, holy crap, there's somebody else doing it. Like it's, it's cape. You can do that. And so I really like him. Um, I think that the best rock band the world has seen in a long time is rival sons. Um, if you haven't checked them out, do their last album called feral roots is just, it's pure rock and roll. It's as close to something like Led Zeppelin that we've heard in a really long time. I think, um, yeah, right. There's Rival Sons. Royal Blood is a really cool two-piece band that's just bass and drums. But uh, you know, he runs his bass through a guitar cab, and it's just good old riff rock. Um, yeah, man. There, there's so much good music out there. I tend to, I, I follow more closely like the blues scene um, because a lot of modern rock I didn't really like until I heard Rival Sons, and they actually just got nominated for a Grammy. So it's like people are catching on. Um, another really good band that are actually really good friends of mine is Southern Avenue and they're out of uh, Memphis. They're guitar players from Israel 
and uh, we got to meet him when he first came over here and started playing. And uh, uh-huh. he was in a, a different. His name's Ori Naftali, and he was in the Ori Naftali band, and now he started southern avenue and if you haven't checked them out dude and they're getting their songs now on national television commercials and stuff so they're they're blowing up so it's awesome they were actually nominated for a grammy uh too so check out southern avenue oh that's great and jack white i always forget that i don't know why but that's like that's (laughs) jack white's my guy i don't know why i always like i think it's because i assume everybody knows but it's like that is i will buy anything that he puts out um, I'll go to his show anytime he comes to town. Everything that guy does is gold, in my opinion. Like he's just a genius. So we're waiting to hear you uh, out of the phone booth, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about your your record collection. I mean, I think it's a it it's cool. I I personally remember records when I was a kid, um, and then that was kind of it for me. So, but mm-hmm. you've you've kind of you've always had records, right? Yeah. I mean, ever since I was like a teenager. Yeah, and I just like I. I I just thought they were cool. Like they just sound better. They for sure sound better. Um, and there's, you know, I th- and Christine, you talked about this too. It's like the fact you could sit down, especially as a kid, and you're just looking at the album art and stuff. And <laughs> and I'm not gonna lie, as a young kid, it's like my dad had the Santana Abraxas album, and it's just a big naked black lady. And I'm like, oh, well, al- <laughs> albums are cool. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, but yeah, I, I I always love the out the the artwork like the Layla and and other assorted love songs is one of my favorite album covers and yeah. it's so weird but I love it. Um, I love the smell like mm-hmm. I the, it's I really I like the fact that when you listen to an album you have to stop and listen to the album because it's not just going to go on repeat or shuffle or whatever. It's like you have to sit down and listen to that album and you can't jump around or anything because it'll skip. So it's like you're you're totally in that moment. I think yeah. it, I think it takes you there a little better, almost like a movie, you know. Yeah. All right. Well, we need to close up. Um, how are people going to find you, Corey Vincent? CoreyVMusic.com, um, and that has links to all my social media as well. And then uh, go to YouTube, please. I want more YouTube subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> I should, I'll uh, tell my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I just actually uh, put out a video with. Road Rambler Productions of um, one of my original songs, Back Home, and that's up there too. And it's really high quality video, and they're a local company, so check that out. I've got some ridiculous videos that I film at home on top of my roof, um, and there'll be more content to come. Hopefully, I'm I'm of the age of technology, but I don't like it, so bear with me when it comes to that. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our Pacific Northwest music. Hope you enjoyed it. Check us out next week. Thanks so much to our friends Jack Mattingly and the Whiskey Fever. That was the track you heard at the start. And here it is again. Wouldn't want to miss this off the album Oceans of Trouble. Go check it out. They're from Cedro Wood. Ooh, you wouldn't want to miss this.